Hello, and welcome to How to Make a Million Dollars in VoiceOver. No. Hello, and welcome to How to Make Two Million Dollars in Your no. First Month. Nope. Nope. Mm-mm. Hello, and welcome to How to Go Broke in VoiceOver. <laughs> Not that one either. What are we talking about today? Welcome to the Atlanta VoiceOver Studio Podcast. I'm Heidi Rue, and this is Mike Stout. And our purpose at Atlanta VoiceOver Studio is to equip, elevate, and inspire. And so our goal with this podcast is to bring to you industry leaders um, that can share their perspective and their insight to help you create the voiceover career that you want. But today's is a little different Mm -hmm. because it's just going to be me and Mike, no other industry professionals here. We are answering your burning questions. Not really, but we're basically creating this really honest, real conversation about voiceover. And so even after this podcast, if there's things that you still want to know, then just shoot us an email or ask us on social media. We got you. Yeah, it's something that we just wanted to do because we know when we got into voiceover, there there were voiceover was really it was far along but you had to really search for certain things so we're trying to make that easier for you so that you don't have to struggle as hard as we did trying to find answers and we promise we will always be honest yeah and you know voiceover is such a mystery too i think that there's a lot of people that have a lot of like different assumptions about voiceover but nobody really kind of knows what exactly you do and then a big one is just like how to even get started in voiceover that's mm-hmm. such a mystery so i didn't want to necessarily go to all our backgrounds of like how we got started in voiceover because um we kind of did that on the very first episode yeah, of the and podcast you can go back and watch that mm-hmm. yeah but um i wanted to talk more about just kind of uh, some more specifics about the uh, our career as voice talent do you remember your very first voiceover job? Yeah, I kind of do. <laughs> and only because it was a semi-train wreck. Uh, for me, it was, I, I, I'm i 99.9% sure it was a Georgia Lottery commercial. And Georgia Which Lottery- Which is huge to be able to book that right out yeah, the gate. Yeah, it was, and it was more of a character spot. I think I might've been actually doing a- uh, some type of character, but it was great. And they're always fun recordings, but on each one, you're always going to be, they usually use a different director or creative director or producer on it. So there's all this different creativity, but on this first one for me, whatever character I was doing, I can't remember which one, but it was one that was really straining on my voice. So the first three, I felt we, we nailed it. And then right after probably the fourth or fifth one, my voice started straining and straining. And they just kept pushing me to to go to an area vocally that I hadn't experienced before. And the I didn't know enough to say, hey, this is really straining my voice. You're not going to get what you actually need out of me if you keep pushing me in this direction. And I'm not going to be able to go back to it without some rest for my my uh, vocal cords. Um, but we ended up doing about 35 takes and they ended up using probably the first one, mm-hmm. one, one of the first few that wow. I did. So that was my first foray That's into crazy. officially booking from my manager within that first week. What did you feel like after you walked out of that first session? Tired. <laughs> <laughs> I was tired. Yeah. Um, and I was a little bit, uh, insecure. Yeah, I could say that because during that time I'd been voicing commercials for the radio station that I'd been working at. So I'm I'm used to that sort of thing. But when you've got 
a bunch of people who were like, if, if this is where the, the booth is and on that side of the camera where you are, there's all these people who are watching and always on those, those recording days, there were a bunch of people, a lot of cooks in the kitchen, you know, you're looking through the glass and the engineer doesn't have the talk back on. So you can't hear what they're talking about. And they could have been ordering lunch for all I knew, but they were just back and forth, you know, and I'm just, Oh my gosh, I'm not doing this right. What they're not liking mm-hmm. what they heard. And so when, when I left, I was, I was kind of, I had to call my man, my agent afterwards and, and they're like, you did fine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I really, I actually kind of blanked out or blacked out after my first one. Cause I know, I think it was an industrial. I don't think it was like a commercial, yeah. um, but it, it was over at creative sound. I know that creative I think that sound was concepts, the very first yeah. one or maybe was it Doppler? Um, anyways, I, I honestly can't totally remember, um, but I do remember the second spot that I, one of the second spots that I booked and it was, um, it's almost like the first one's a blur. It is because I think <laughs> like you don't remember your wedding day. <laughs> yeah. I, I know I, I had to have been nervous. And I think that the biggest thing that I was thinking is like, oh my gosh, are they going to see that this is my first VO gig? Yeah. Like, I think that was the biggest fear of mine is like, I'm going to show it. I'm going to show it. And I tried to totally put on a game face and just go, I've been doing this for, you know, I didn't say that obviously, but I wanted to come across like, like I'm a professional and I've been, sure, doing, this I've been for doing this year. Oh, what did you want me to do? Okay. Yeah. I know what you're talking about. Um, so yeah, it, you know, I do remember though, and I probably a lot of people, um, can relate to this is that after you get done with those gigs, man, it is like the best feeling in the world yeah. because you realize, okay, I made it through. I did it. I didn't die. I, I didn't die. <laughs> I think that they're happy with what they got. And and it's just like this best feeling because of all that we put into the career. You know, um, my first booking came from after years of auditioning, auditioning, auditioning. If you didn't watch that first episode, it took her four years to book her first agent yeah. job, mm-hmm. job through an agent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, Which is a great so, story yeah. now. Because, <laughs> it wasn't then. <laughs> because people, right. But people coming through the studio now, you know, they, they're hesitant and they don't, some of them don't know if they're doing it right or they're having a hard time with it. And it's always nice to say, look, it took me this amount of time mm-hmm. to book something. And it's not the easiest thing to hear, but it's honest, it's truthful. And it just showcases that everybody's journey is different. I booked within the first week or two. Heidi took four years. Do you remember encouraging me during that time? Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. What was going through your mind? The tears could have filled up. (laughs) It's true. (laughs) He's holding up a water bottle for everyone that's just listening on the podcast. Yeah. (laughs) What was it like during that time? Yeah. Do you remember? Yeah. I mean, I, the, the joke is that this was a pickup line when before we were married, when, before we first started dating, like I could listen to your voice all day. I literally could, cause I just loved it. I mean, I fell in love with you and your voice, so Sweet, but I, I knew that it just took time. Like it was, I, I guess the whole mental resiliency and, um, stick to that everybody talks about and, and no matter what, I mean, from the seals to, to going through school to whatever, you know, it's just plugging away and the numbers, will, will, uh, it's volume. It's however many you do and 
keep growing and learning your craft and you're going to get to the point where they're like, yeah, this is solid. Finally, we can book her in this. Mm. And so it was tough, but I, I didn't want to let you quit because one, I knew you liked it. And two, I knew that it was inevitable. Mm. And now look at you. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I mean, I, I owe so much to you because you're right. Yes. During that time, <laughs> I, um, I just remember thinking one that I felt like, because at that time, you know, I had a very successful radio career and you're getting this affirmation mm. constantly when you're on air yeah, saying on, like, oh, you did a good job. And on social media yes. and everybody follows you. Yeah. They're like, oh my gosh, you're Heidi Root, you know, and it strokes then, the ego. It, totally. And then you go into voiceover and you don't hear anything and nobody even says that sucked. Yeah. Nobody says anything. Yeah. And you just keep doing this and you think, what am I doing? Am I just spinning my wheels in something that I will never be successful right, at? And right. that's the fear of like, what if I invest all this time, you know, all this money, and then I'm not successful at it? And that is a real fear for, I think, a lot of people. Yeah. Um, and I think the other thing is, is I thought... One, I compared myself to you because I thought, mm. well, my, if Mike's Well, that shouldn't have been. You're a female and I'm a male, so you sound <laughs> totally different. I know. I know that now. But, you know, for a while I thought, gosh, does that just mean I really stink? And, mm. you know, he's been successful and I've been trying to do everything that I knew how to do and, and I'm not. So mm. Was that, that was the most fearful time? Yeah, I definitely think so. That and when um, I missed my first voiceover <laughs> session. It's happened to all of us. That was so scary. Oh my god! And it wasn't because she overslept. Either. It was not because I overslept. I because she's up at like she's up before the birds. Yeah, and I <laughs> this was before the studio, and I was working from home, and um, I so I had no makeup on. I just had yoga pants. I mean, I had showered and stuff, but like you know, I was not looking the best or anything. Mm -hmm. And my agent Richard, he called me and he goes, "Hey, uh, just wondering if you're okay." <laughs> And I was like, yeah, why? And he was like, you have a, what was it, sleep number, sleep number session uh, right now. And I was like, oh, no, okay, I'm headed that way. I totally And you had to Uber there, didn't you? I did because Mike had driven my car and he has a Jeep. And so the Jeep was there, but it's a stick shift and I can't drive a stick shift. And so I, after I told Richard that I'll be there, I'm like, oh, I can't get there. Oh no. Okay. So I like Ubered. I talked to the people. They were so understanding. And even they even just hired me. The company uh, just hired me just a couple months ago for a big project too. So um, I was super apologetic and they were very forgiving, but I showed up with no makeup, looking a mess and in an Uber. Um, yeah. So definitely thought this is the end. They will never hire me again. I'm off the sleep number. Um, you know, a gig or whatever and yeah no more so do you so, did you have a fearful time in voiceover no i, I think know you did though with you talking about being let go yeah 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 that was i would say that's i mean anytime in as a free as a voiceover talent you're freelance and and we both do on camera too so it's almost double rejection when you, when you yeah. don't hear anything but uh yeah i would say outside of just wondering okay how long is this going to go? You know, but I'm, I'm doing everything that I know to do to continue my, my career and, and build this business. But I would say the most fearful time was when I got let go from radio. Cause I had been doing voiceover and acting on the side 
as well as the radio gig, which was paying all the bills. So I was socking away money and then insurance was over here too. And then they let me go. And I had been wanting to just make that leap for such a long time. And when that happened, I was like, guess it's full-time full-time VO and acting. Yeah. And then, and right at that moment, I had booked a, a gig for Troy University. And that client was the longest client that I had. They just, this is uh, 2020, so they just uh, terminated, sounds harsh. But after six years, I mean, you never hear of a client staying with mm -mm. A, a talent for that long. So That's I'm very, very thankful. Rare. The people at, at Troy are wonderful, Sam and, and everybody else. And uh, and so I'm, I'm very grateful to them because they were a great account. They were a wonderful client to work for. And and so, so amazing just directing and knowing what they wanted and whatnot. So, uh, I would say that would have to be the, the most fearful time mm -hmm. because, but it's, I've never looked back. Yeah. So you've never had to get another job or anything like that. It's and, all and, worked out. and I've always had the mindset too, that if I had to get an, another job, if I had to work overnights, I'd do it because right. this is what I want to do. Mm -hmm. You know, there's, at least I don't have to I'm not going to school at the same time and having to do homework. Yeah. Because <laughs> I, like, I had to work and go to go to school too. So whenever things get rough and I'm working a lot, I always remind myself, at least you don't have to do homework. <laughs> it's just a different kind. Mm -hmm. One of the questions that I thought would be good to, to ask is because uh, – so with voiceover, a lot of people don't even realize this, that when you – it's like starting a small business when you become mm -hmm. a voiceover actor, because then it's not only doing the voiceover, but it's marketing, it's accounting, it's figuring out the business, the website, all that stuff that goes into it. It's counseling. It's <laughs> counseling. I mean, there's so much that goes into it. and But I want to encourage people because I think that that feels very overwhelming to a lot of people when they realize how much goes into it. Mm -hmm. Engineering, you have to be your own engineer now mm -hmm. too. So what do you feel like is the worst, like you are the worst at when it comes to your voiceover business or you struggle the most with? Oh, wow. Um, I would say the engineering part. What? That's crazy. I would not agree with you on that. I guess, I guess I get, I get mad when things just don't run smoothly because my essence is just ease. So it seems like technical stuff just pops up all the time and it's like... Seriously? Yeah, but that's more of a personality thing. So what do you think thing. it would be? That's, I would say that's a personality thing because okay. you do have a lot of knowledge on engineering. I mean, you've, you've helped a lot of people to set up home studio stuff and everything. So I would say... Please answer the question that you had for me because I do not know. Um. So the worst part... Gosh, I don't even know. I feel like you're pretty good at everything. You're organized. Like you taught me how to like set up spreadsheets to keep track of clients. Um, you know, you're really good on social media. Um, you're, you're great with marketing. Um, well, wow. that settles it folks. <laughs> I am perfect in this business. <laughs> I'm sure I, you know what, I think the, I think the worst thing for me is that I can, even though we constantly study and we constantly learn and we take things in and, and try and get better as a craft, I think I can tend to just fall into a rut with auditions mm -hmm. when they come in, mm -hmm. um, and not treat, give each of them the weight that I need to give them. 
I think that that can become a temptation, yeah. um, especially when we get busy here, mm-hmm. you know, at Atlanta voiceover studio or pro voiceover training.com. It's, mm-hmm. it gets thrown to the side. Yeah. So what would you yeah. say for you? Oh, I think, you know, accounting. Oh, oh my gosh. Oh, I think everybody is that, is that way. That's it's what... so hard. And I have, I mean, Mike knows this, but like we have a wonderful accountant and, um, his wife really has helped me with QuickBooks because for a while I was just doing through, um, Excel, but it was not working for me at all. Yeah. Excel was not. And so I set up QuickBooks. This has been years ago, but it was so confusing and so overwhelming to me that I will never forget bawling on their, like at their office, yeah. trying to go through QuickBooks and saying, I, I just hate QuickBooks so much. I've never it's been a lot gonna, of tear in this, tears in this career for her. I'm never going to figure this out. Were you ugly crying? And, and <laughs> I was. And I was like, the IRS is going to come after me just because I have no idea how to even do this. So I, I hope that- The IRS is just <laughs> dropping everything. They're like, we got a beat on a voiceover right. talent who can't oh invoice God. worth Seriously. crap. <laughs> yes, gold mine. <laughs> knock, knock, knock. The bureau's there, ma'am. <laughs> I've gotten a lot better, but I will say if there's anything that I can encourage you guys over, that there's been a lot of areas in voiceover that we've struggled, even like um, SEO, trying to figure out all that with yeah. the website stuff. Just know, take it day by day because... Um, it can be so overwhelming, but one of the things that I love about a voiceover career is that you never stop having the chance to learn and grow Mm -hmm. because you do have to do all this stuff. And so it's not going to happen overnight. Just take one step at a time, learn a little bit as you can try and set up like systems and things that you can be consistent with on a daily basis. And little bit by little bit, you'll just grow and flourish. So yeah. yeah, that's awesome. Um, okay, the next question. Let's see. Anything you regret yeah. in your VO career? Not getting started in it earlier. Man, mm-hmm. had I started in the early 90s when I got into radio, I had access to everything. The internet was up and popping, and that's one regret. The other regret, too, is being too – not ambitious. It wasn't ambitious. It's uh, it, it was – I didn't have this mindset – Often, and I always knew the mindset of make sure that you're giving and not asking for things all the Mm -hmm. time. So when you're making connections with something, I think in the beginning, I was so, you know, ready to get started and make connections that I only looked at, at people as what could they give me rather than saying, okay, this is a relationship that I'm trying to build with this person. You don't need to be that guy you know, and realize that this is a marathon. It's not a sprint and take it day by day. Keep doing, even if you do 1% towards your, your voiceover business a day, by the end of the year, you're going to have 365 percentage points. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I don't know if that math works, but you're going to be, you know, you know what I mean? You're going to be, uh, getting that much better, but you're also going to be investing that much in your, in your career. And it adds up, it compounds, compounds, compounds over time, just Mm -hmm. like investing in, in finances. Yeah. I will say there's two things that I regret. One is, is that I wish that I had taken more 
um, tr- like I had done more training mm-hmm. at that beginning, I don't think it would have taken me four years yeah. to book if I had. Yeah. And I was, I mean, I was working full time in radio, so it wasn't like I had a ton of time. Mm-hmm. You know, I didn't think it was going to be my full time thing. I did think it was just a part time kind mm-hmm. of thing, like on the side. Um, but if I had done the training, I, I definitely think it would have happened a lot sooner than four years. But wouldn't you say also that's the the trap of being in radio? I mean, even though we were in radio. And I felt like we had pretty good heads on our sh- on our shoulders. The ego that that puts with you That's when true. listeners, you know, and it's like I know what I'm doing. I'm going to yeah. do the and it cro- it kind of crosses over to auditions that we did. And it's like I know what I'm what I'm supposed to do. I know how this is supposed to sound, you know, because we've worked with the, the salespeople and recorded stuff for them all the time. And obviously. You know, that's what they do. No, they sell. They don't write copy. Mm, that is so true. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's so true. So don't have an ego. Well, and I was just going to say, I think that that's true for anything that you do in life to su- yeah. to succeed is to always have kind of a beginner's mindset. Yeah. Yes. Um, and it's okay to have that mindset. Yeah, absolutely. It's not saying that you are dumb or not an expert or shouldn't be respected in that field. But I think that that's what it takes to just keep growing. Um, So I do regret not taking classes. And then and I and I did honest, start taking classes. There weren't classes, classes here. That's really. true. That's true. There was not You'd a have lot to here in Atlanta. Call out, you know, New York or LA, mm-hmm. and or take workshops that came to town or right. something. That's what I had to do too. Right. Right. Uh, the other thing, I mean, there's a couple things that I do regret, but the the other thing is not asking questions. I think for a long time, and this is just part of my personality, so I don't think this is everybody's, but I actually didn't want to burden people with questions or take too much from them, but almost to a detriment where I wish that I had asked more questions because I think I could have learned a little bit more. And I was kind of like, well, I'll, I'll just figure it out on my own. And while that has benefited us, I think at the studio in some way, because I have just tried to, I've learned a lot of stuff on my own, kind of the hard way and the longer way. Um, I've been able to figure out those processes, but it could have happened sooner for me if I just asked more questions. So yeah. So a couple of things that I regret. (laughs) Was that your biggest hurdle then? Yeah. I think that probably goes in. Yes. That and just getting so caught up in the approval part of it Mm. and wanting that and, and, um, what happens is that you can never control people's approval of you Mm -hmm. ever. And so when you, there's not an app for that. Yeah. When you focus on things that you can't control, you cannot move forward. Yeah. And so when I was able to shift that focus from, things that I can't control to things that I can control. That was the first year that I made six figures in my career. Mm-hmm. And it was just this mindset change that that needed to happen. Which is weird that it takes that long to get through it. I mean, Gary Vaynerchuk has been talking about it. Gary V, he's been talking about it for forever. And it's like, who cares what people think? Yeah. You know? Yeah. Just do your thing. Be true to who you are within the context of your business and see where it leads you. Mm, yeah. yeah, totally. We got um, more questions from, from peoples now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think that we already covered the other stuff. Okay, so I will have to get out my sheet for this because on Instagram and Facebook, we had several people that asked us questions. And so we wanted to go ahead and address some of those questions. Um, 
So, <laughs> um, let's see. Let's start out with um, Betsy Parks, and this was on Facebook. I just realized my suit jacket is matching our sound panel. Oh wow! Aren't material. you so matchy, matchy little, <laughs> little fashion? I swear I didn't get it the same place. <laughs> That's a side note. Okay. <laughs> I'm glad that everyone knows that now. Um, so Betsy Parks, she asked on Facebook, thoughts on changing your last name? So she's actually been working in voiceover for 10 years. And so she already has like a certain name that she's used in voiceover and she's getting married and she wonders, should she change her last name um, or is that going to hurt her voiceover career? That's and I thought this was a great question. Yes, because professionally, I'm Heidi Rue, which is my maiden name, but legally I am Heidi Stout. And Betsy, what I did was I do think that it could hurt your career. I would definitely, if, if Parks is your, um, your voiceover name, I would definitely stay with that. Mm -hmm. And what I do is I just, my LLC is Heidi Rue Productions. So uh, professionally on my email website and everything, it's still Heidi Rue. Um, but legally I am Heidi Stout. So I just, sometimes I think M Mike probably may be like, Hey, yeah, you never use Heidi Stout because, <laughs> because anytime it's a professional thing or people know me as Heidi Rue, I just say Heidi Rue, but legally I'm stout. I, I made her, we have insurance on me. So I was like, you're going to use Heidi Stout if you want that money. <laughs> if you decide exactly, to Betsy. whack me. <laughs> have me, have me whacked. So, okay. So Dominique asked, what are some good agencies for people who are new to VO to submit to? Hmm. You want to take that? Nope. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Yeah, new agencies. I mean, I think you should find uh, the agencies that are that are within your region. Uh, always start close to home. I think that's probably the mm -hmm. best way. And definitely do uh, pay to plays, pay to play sites. Voiceovers.com is wonderful. I've I've enjoyed that platform. Yeah, uh, they do things a little bit different. Their business model is a little different, and I kind of like the way that they're doing it. Uh, Vo Planet is another one. You've been on Voice One Two Three. Mm -hmm. uh, it's a great place to get possible gigs, possible. Uh, ongoing gigs as yeah. well. Um, same with voiceovers. I've had people who've come back uh, like for big lots doing some of their industrial stuff. Um, but yeah, I would say pay to plays. Uh, as far as agencies go, look where you are, whatever region you're in, look closer to the home and then kind of extrapolate out. If you want reputable agencies to look for, you can go to voicecastinghub.com. They've got a full list of, of agencies on there that are really, really good. And, um, yeah, follow the submission policies and, and get going on your business. And I would say too, as you're starting out, know what you can handle. Like, are you do that spreadsheet, keep track of these agencies that you want to get in touch with, um, put their name, put their, uh, phone number, uh, website, and then notes. I emailed them on this day, follow up on this day and keep track of it. So if you're only comfortable doing submitting to five agencies a week, then just do five. If you could do more, do more. It's okay. You're allowed to have more than one voiceover agent mm -hmm. and you need more than one voiceover agent. And I would say that I don't think that there's one particular like voiceover agent that's better not for like beginners. Um, I will say if you know of a new voiceover agency, then that jump on that because the likelihood mm -hmm. of them having somebody that's similar on their roster, they just, they need talent. And so you can help them fulfill that. Um, 
But the other thing that I would say is something that's kind of easy and a a low-hanging fruit for anybody that does on-camera acting is that a lot of times um, on-camera agencies also have a voiceover department. And so that is a very easy way to get on with a voiceover agent Mm -hmm. um, if you already are on with on-camera and just say, hey, listen, I've been taking voiceover classes. I got my demo. I would love for you to consider repping me for voiceover as well. Mm -hmm. And that's just a really easy way to be able to do that. Yeah. I'm glad you went into that because I was going to say, oh, one more thing. Yeah. Yeah. And Emma Scott, she asked, what is the best way to get an animation gig? That's the million dollar question right Mm -hmm. there. (laughs) You want me to take that one? Sure. Is that what you're asking? Sure. Um, So first and foremost, agencies that you're going to get on with, the 99% of them are going to be commercial agents. So I would say keep your animation goals in mind, but work on the commercial part. Get your agencies there on your list, get your team around you. And then most likely your animation uh, auditions will come from those agents because I've noticed that it's been picking up within Mm -hmm. the realm of some of our agencies that we have. And you have, how many agents do you have? Counting? Eight. Eight? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think I'm around there too. So six to eight. Um, And even then there's still some crossover that's, Mm -hmm. that's happening, but a lot more animation now that COVID's happened it's kind of driven people to uh find talent with home studios not only within uh la and san francisco which is the big hub for animation and we've got a little one going on here with cartoon network and whatnot um but a lot of those people are or a lot of those agents are now getting um getting uh submissions and sending it out to all their people for auditions so get that commercial agent And if you find out any agent that is getting more animation auditions than another, then, I mean, by all means, submit to them and submit. If you have a, you know, an animation demo reel, submit to, to, uh, agencies that do specialize in, in animation. But for the most part, the majority of, of agencies out there survive off of commercial, uh, commercial work Mm -hmm. that you get. And we just had Sarah Sherman, which is uh, an animation casting director, on with us. Yeah. Uh, we do um, once a month on every the first Tuesday of every month, we do a virtual industry pro workout um, where we have a guest. And so she was one of our guests. And she had said she's out in L.A. And normally they would say most people would say you have to be out in L.A. to be able to really be in a running for animation stuff. But because of COVID, it actually is opening it up to a lot more people because the reason mm-hmm. why you had to be in LA is because they wanted you to come into the studio to record. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that is kind of opening things up, but hopefully that gives you more opportunities. Um, animation gigs mainly will come through agents, especially bigger stuff through, you know, um, uh, Netflix or uh, Disney or anything like that. Um, But I also have seen some things on pay-to-play sites every once in a while that are an animation type of gig. Mm -hmm. Um, The other thing that I would really encourage you to do is to create your own content for Mm -hmm. animation because um, animation is super competitive and the better that you can be and then if you can create your own content, everyone's looking for content. And so the better you get at creating your own content and if you're able to voice your own content, um, the more value that you bring to the table. And I will say this goes along with anything, but if you think that you're good at animation because you have a few voices, and I'm saying this 
being vulnerable here, I thought that was me. Like I had good voices that I could do. And then I started going to a coach and it's like, oh, I didn't even take, you know, the layers off and start diving deep into these characters that could actually become to could actually come to life even more so than just the voice because it's not just about the voice anymore it's about the acting so you need to train 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 especially for animation especially for video games those are like movies now you've got to put in the work i mean these are crafts to learn yes you can get stuff here and there but if you're not investing in yourself and putting that training in so that you can just have these characters right off the bat or that you can't just go there emotionally like that they're going to find somebody who who can. So you got to be ready for when those opportunities uh, come. Mm-hmm. And I would say train, train, train. Yeah. Um, Tiffany Smith asked, "What class should I start as a newbie?" I'll take this one if you want. If you want to get oh, the you got the easy one. one. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, strategy. I got the paper. Um, <laughs> but Tiffany, the I would say most places like we have an intro to voiceover workshop. Um, so you can always that's what we recommend to everyone to start off with. It's a three hour workshop. And what it does is it allows you to get a better overview of the voiceover industry. Teaches you how to make millions. In- <laughs> no, no, still no. Um, <laughs> but then you also get a chance to go through scripts and it really gives you a chance to go, okay, is this something that I do want to pursue? Because like we've said before, it's like a starting a small business. And so if you're going to invest your time, if you're going to invest your money into this career, we want to make sure that you think that, okay, this really is something that I want to do before mm-hmm. you spend a ton of money on classes. So I would say start with an intro to voiceover workshop. We have one that's great and you can do it virtually or in person. Um, but then there's other places too that I'm sure around you, if there's another voiceover studio, um, then then they have stuff like that as well. And it might be active by the time this goes up, but we'll be having the intro to voiceover workshop available on provoiceovertraining.com yeah. as well. So you can do that on your own. So basically <laughs> That would just be a video um, um, thing that you go through. But so. if you if you can do it via Zoom or if you can do it uh, live with us, that's always the best way because you get in the booth, you get the full experience with it, um, and it's it's so much fun. Yeah. So you want to take Patrick's question? <clears throat> yes, Patrick said asked. What's you want to a, say his last name? Oh, Pat Patrick Fior. Yeah. Uh, Patrick says, "What's a good way to break into the business if you have zero experience or connections?" See question three. <laughs> that's that's my answer. They don't know what question three was. Oh, it was what should I where should I start as a newbie? I know, but we just named we just numbered that for our show. Oh. <laughs> oh, it's been a long week, y'all. We're doing this on a Friday. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um yeah, Patrick, I mean the I, I would say the same thing. Start with the intro to voiceover workshop. Uh, because you will get a great overview of everything and and realize that. That's a part of our our stewardship values, mm-hmm. I would say, because we want to we want to we value your time as well as we value our time. And this, if if by the end of this three hour workshop that you're not into it, well, then we pretty much gave you the the great information that you could make that decision, and then you could say no, nope, not interested, and you won't waste any more time with it. Mm-hmm. Or you could say no, this is something that I really want to do. What are my next steps? We're big about stewardship here. Um, and kind of being able to guide you with where you should go in your career, uh, or at least give you ideas. And one of the things about this, as you start out in voiceover, 
is to realize, and we've said it time and time again, and we never stop repeating it. It's a marathon. It's not a sprint. If you think you're going to just make a 10 grand in your first month as a voiceover actor, most likely it's not going to happen. As Brian Bremer, who leads our intro to voiceover workshop says, lightning can strike and it can, it can happen. But for the most part, it'll be incremental. You'll have seasons of plenty and seasons of not so much. (laughs) And so you try and just realize what those rhythms are and and you put in the work to, to get better and better. Um, but you realize that this is, it's, it's a, it's an ongoing thing and you are a business rather than investing $250,000 into building a, a pizza restaurant, you are investing in yourself as that restaurant. So the cost of admission is you need to take training to be ready to get a demo. You need to get that demo, pay for that demo, get a good demo because you need a good demo to shop around to agents. You don't want your friend next door. Well, I, I've got audacity on my, uh, on my computer. I got garage band. I got this little mic. You can just speak into the computer. No, you need to get it professionally done. Uh, you need to invest in, in a website. That's your storefront. Where are people going to go? How can they see you? Um, and then there's all these other things that, that come after that, but it's incremental. But the good thing about voiceover too, is once you start getting that training, you can start auditioning. And not only that, you can let your friends and and family know uh, in person or on LinkedIn uh, that, hey, you're doing this now because you'll have a sphere of influence within your circle of friends and family and business associates that none of us do. And you never know when somebody there is going to need uh, voiceover experience. So we had somebody who who came through the beginner voiceover intensive. She worked at a bank. And then she found out that, oh, they're actually doing training for XYZ. She could submit herself for that and get extra work for it. Or at the very least, she could get experience doing it. So all that to say, you never know. And you can make money as you go along. Mm-hmm. But there's no set, uh, I guess, schedule or uh, we could we can guide you with a roadmap. But there's no set thing of do this, do this, do this, and then the money will flow. Yeah. It's just not a reality. It's, it's like... The same thing with acting. I could take all, because we both do on-camera acting, I can audition as much as possible. There's no there's no set path to being a star or a celebrity. So same way with voiceover. Yeah. Um, along the same lines, Eli Isaiah asked, should I do private coaching to help get a demo and market myself? Um, and um, Eli, yes, private coaching is great. And you can do that through Atlanta voiceover studio, or there's other places that you can go to get private coaching. I would definitely say do coaching first before you do a demo and make sure that you're ready for that. Um, and then the coach can really help you kind of guide you to marketing yourself, figuring out what you're the best at, like your range and everything. And, Mm -hmm. and probably something that you can bring to the table for, um, for agents. So yes, definitely. <laughs> Is that last one mine? Yep. Oh. And then I've got one more at the end. Oh, okay. Donkus dad jokes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love it. Says, I have a demo. Where's the best place to shop it? Or do I need an agent? Yes, you should get an agent. You don't need an agent. There are lots of talent out there who have made uh, careers out of this just because they hustle, but they also know how to hustle and they know how to market. Um, so where's the best place to shop it? Uh, I would say send, start 
what we talked about earlier. Go to voicecastinghub.com, find the agents that are reputable within your area and start shopping around your demo to them Mm. Um, and then move outward. So, and once you get some, so say you're in the, you're in Atlanta, uh, shop it around for some, some agents here. Once you get an agent in the Southeast, then move to the North, focus on the North, then move to the Midwest, then move out, out, out West, um, get one in each region. That's usually the best way to do it. Um, and make sure that your demo is up to date too. Are you, is it, is it a demo that you did, you know, 10 years ago, you probably want to redo it. Because if you've been training along that whole time period, then you've probably gotten better. You need to showcase your range, especially because 10 years ago, the trends were totally different than they were now. 10 years ago, I could get away with with a read that was coming off like this. It was almost like I was coming off the radio. Now it's just, this is how things are. COVID, 2020. It's more natural. It's real. It's down to earth. That sounded a lot more sweeter than what I would say for COVID twenty. I didn't want to say COVID it, but I'm going to say 2020. it. Twenty <laughs> twenty. I didn't want to say it. In times like these, unprecedented. <laughs> unprecedented. That's it. In these unprecedented times, if I had five cents for every time I heard that I over know. the past, or we've had four, to say it. Yeah. <laughs> I would also great questions though, Don. Yeah, I would say uh, for everyone that's listening. So there's basically, I believe, four different ways that I could say of places that you could send your demo to potentially get work. Agent number one, pay to play site number two, um, company rosters. Mm. So like studio rosters that do um, uh, sound design and mixing and stuff like that. Sometimes they have rosters that they send out auditions to um, or like some type of company. Sometimes they have their own rosters. E-learning companies will have their own rosters, mm-hmm. things like that. Um, and then the fourth one is just personal personal contacts. Um, and so that, that means like people that you talk to on LinkedIn or people that you already know, that you've worked with, things like that. And two, I mean, you can always submit to production companies, but I would I would call them up uh, and ask if they have a, a talent roster. Don't just automatically assume because we've we've heard I've heard probably half oh, and half. True. Like some production companies like it and they have a roster, but others are like, we don't have a roster. So why are these voiceover talent getting in touch with us? So do the do the work. Just put in the work. Call them, say, hey, do you have a roster? Would you mind if I submit? What do you need me to do? Mm-hmm. And uh, it'll it'll save you a bunch of time, even though you have to call. But it'll also save uh, them some time on on that end too and, and just frustration on your end because you'll be like, well, I haven't heard back anything, you know. So it's always good to just – It's a plus, you never know who you, you'll talk to um, from the, the person, the receptionist to uh, you never know when the, the boss is going to be answering the phones and you could make a connection that way. And you never know time-wise either. They could be like, yeah, we're actually looking for something right, somebody right now. So, mm-hmm. uh, And then the last question comes from Adrian Profeta. <laughs> and um, she said, if you taped a VO pi- pilot and never heard anything back, does it mean it is not going to be a show? I'm assuming oh. this is like an animation pilot. Is what I'm assuming. Um, and Adrian, I would say, yeah. I mean, who knows? It, you never, honestly, you don't know. Yeah. Um, I would say. Um, if you booked it through an agent, check with them. Yeah. If you booked it through an agent, check with them. Um, I think it's totally fine to send a to follow up just to kind of yeah. check in, especially if it's been a while. But there's been times where I think Mike probably has 
the same way. I auditioned for, I, there was one thing I had auditioned for like a, over a year prior. And then they got, they said, my agent emailed and said, you're booked for this. And I'm like, what? I don't remember yeah. auditioning for that. And they're like, yeah, you auditioned for it over a year ago. And they just have their stuff together to be Which able to start this is project. It's crazy. I mean, you think a full year, 365 days. I mean, that it's yeah. just nuts. And and to that point, when you're doing auditions as voiceover talent, we can be wrapped up in, oh my gosh, did I get it right? Did I do this? Did I do that? Did, it just knowing that things could take a year and then in our brains... You know, if we're if, if that's one of the only auditions that we've received, you know, if you're just starting out, it could just drive you nuts. So you just kind of have to do it and then forget about it. And then you never know what will happen. Yeah, that's very true. Very key. Well, thank you guys so much for joining us. This has took a little longer than we kind of thought. We hope we answered some questions. Yeah, and yeah. if you have any other questions, feel free. We're open books and we're here to help. And if you don't follow us, um, then we try and offer a lot of tips to you on social media. So you can find us on Instagram at Atlanta Voiceover Studio or ATLVOS studio shoot it'll be in the show notes don't worry uh or in the description um and then we're on facebook and twitter um and even tiktok yes we do have a tiktok as long as that lasts around (laughs) um so we're here to help all of the information our website and everything will be in the show show notes or in the description and thank you so much for joining us today we try and put out a new podcast every single month at the beginning of the month and so stay tuned for next month's Yeah, thank you.